1: What's going on, guys?
0: Welcome to ID Podcast. Thanks for joining us today.
1: We are happy to be bringing you this the week before Valentine's Day. So... Hopefully you've been listening to all of our past episodes, getting lots of good information, feeling good, feeling like you're in a good spot in your relationship. If you're not, there's always bumps in the road, but you are in the right place to uh, get the tools to help you succeed.
0: And on today's show, we talk with Vanessa Van Edwards about nonverbal communication and the importance of it. And I learned a lot. I don't know about you, but
1: I learned yeah. a lot. <laughs> I'm nodding my head non verbally yes. right now. And yeah. I'm leaning
0: into you.
1: Yes. And yeah. smiling. Nonverbal. All nonverbal cues so much of our communication in romantic relationships. Vanessa um, is in a unique position in that she is a lead investigator at her own human research lab, The Science of People, where she designs original research experiments to help crack the code of human behavior in nonverbal communication is a huge part of human behavior. And she's found that 60% of communication is nonverbal, but in romantic relationships, she says it can be a lot more. Obviously, if you're making love, it's like a hundred percent nonverbal most of the time. So, you know, it can be extremely nonverbal. And a lot of the stuff we talk about on the show involves communicating how to talk through certain things. And it's certainly very powerful, but in order to maybe avoid some of those arguments where you're verbally communicating, if you're doing the right nonverbal stuff, which by the way, includes your tone of voice, that's also nonverbal. It falls into that category. You, you might avoid a lot of these, you know, uh, arguments that you're having because your partner is not going to feel as threatened. is going to feel that you're coming from a place of love or they're just going to feel more loved. I know I am a huge nonverbal, uh, receiver of love. So like if Sarah is smiling at me, like she's doing right now, or if she's giving me a hug or even putting her hand on my shoulder, it it just, that's how I receive love. And it it really feels good to me. So Vanessa gives us a lot of tools to navigate this side of the relationship.
0: And also some of you may be thinking, um, about tone and, How tone plays into nonverbal communications, and Vanessa goes into some detail on that about learning how to, um, learning how your tone does affect, and how people can not even be uh, able to see you and can tell how you are feeling or how you're um, expressing yourself based on the tone of your voice, um, which I think is. Is pretty fascinating. She talked about a, a study that she's done, and there's also a, a quiz that she talked about on her website. So we'll be sure to link to that as well in the show notes page.
1: Yeah. And as always, we appreciate you guys for listening. If you can subscribe to the podcast, leave us those five star reviews. We appreciate the feedback. We get more and more emails every day almost of people asking for different topics or sending their things. And, and, you know, we're just right here along you getting this information, applying it to our relationship. And we appreciate all you guys out there and enjoy today's show.
0: Hi, Vanessa. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here.
1: Vanessa, we've given our listeners a little information about your background. It's super interesting, the work that you're doing and the research. So why don't you tell our listeners why you enjoy doing what you do?
2: Sure. Yeah. No, I'm a total science geek. And the good news about that is it helps me with my uh, recovering awkwardness. Growing up, I was uh, very shy and um, just had trouble connecting with people. And then I finally discovered that maybe there could be a science to dealing with people. And so I love what I do because I feel like um, I'm able to finally solve some of the problems that I had when I was younger and then help other people who are fellow recovering awkward people uh, try to understand and understand how people work.
1: It's funny that you say, you know, you describe yourself as a recovering awkward person, because I'm sure a lot of us out there have experienced that awkwardness, that social awkwardness, whether it's from within or someone you're talking to. And in certainly in all kinds of relationships, definitely intimate relationships that we focus on here, but but friendships, business, you name it. And a big part of that is the nonverbal side of communication. That's what we want to zero in and talk about today. So why don't we start by having you tell us and our listeners what nonverbal communication is, and we can talk about how to get better at it.
2: Yeah, you know, I have always been fascinated by nonverbal mostly because I never heard anything about it. You know, I know growing up, you often hear about uh, what to say. Uh, you think about I mean, having the first perfect elevator pitch. Um, you think about having great answers when you prepare for a job interview or a date. You think about, you know, witty stories you can tell. All verbal, everything's in the verbal umbrella. So when I finally sort of started discovering that there was this idea of nonverbal, and I always had a body, so I was always doing it, I just didn't know how to leverage it, Um, I realized very quickly that it was sort of this unutilized, untapped superpower, that um, research shows that at a minimum, about 60% of our communication is nonverbal, so that's body language, facial expressions, and voice tone. but the problem is we put all of our eggs in the verbal basket. So it's like showing up with 40% of our superpower. So I, I feel like when we look at the nonverbal side of things, even if you only do a couple of things or learn a couple of tips, it's like you're showing up with just more of your ability. And I don't know about you, but when I go on a date or I'm going to interview or a pitch, I want to be there 100% uh, with, with 100% of my power. So that, I, I feel like nonverbal is a little bit of a secret superpower.
0: Absolutely. So what would you say is like the biggest tip you could give to nonverbal communication, whether someone's going on a date or they're already in a relationship and they want to improve um, how they have their nonverbal communication with their partner?
2: Yeah. So the very first thing that I teach in romance, because remember that nonverbal, it can come across. There's professional credibility cues. There's uh, love and likability cues. And actually, I think for love and romance for couples, the most important thing is what's called likability nonverbal. And why this is so important is because we are very attuned to the people around us and their nonverbal, how their nonverbal communicates likability. The reason for this is because as a survival uh, aspect of humanity, we needed to be liked to be kept in our communities. So this is why if you've ever um, been at a party or been around someone new and you just felt like they didn't like you and it kind of drove you crazy that's because your biological instinct is shouting at you. You might be kicked out of the group, which is, you know, not, not, it's not mm-hmm. good for our safety. So or a romantic situation, and we feel at all that either there's neutral on the likability or there's unlikability. It makes us feel unsafe. And so the most important thing to understand is likability, nonverbal. So likability, nonverbal, there's a couple of different things. Um, think about what you do when you see your crush walk into the, like think back to even high school when you were because as adults we were so good at controlling and tamping down and minimizing our expressiveness. So think back to like, you know, when you were thirteen years old, your first crush. I think my first crush was a little younger than that. I think I was like nine. Um, and and your crush walked into the room. What did you do? Like what 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 automatic things did you do? Do you, do you guys remember your first crush by by chance? Do you have yeah. any, any memory of that?
0: I'm yeah. I'm I'm trying to think what I what I did though. I think maybe I would. Get shy and kind of hide hide from the crush? I don't I'm trying to remember. I don't is that normal? (laughs) To get shy? So okay, this is perfect.
2: Yeah, yes. Shy is a little bit afraid, a little bit nervous. So now imagine your crush walks over to you and says, You know, I just want to tell you, I have a big crush on you. Okay? So good news, you have no need to be nervous anymore. And now you know they like you. What like how does your body try to celebrate that mutual likability?
0: Um, I'd blush probably or smile and
2: yeah, Yep. <laughs> yes, yes, all good. Yes, so um, that's exactly right. Our body gets more active, so typically in likability, smiling is the very first thing. Obviously, that's the one we hear about the most. So smiling is a really easy one, um, and I always say to couples you have to take opportunities to celebrate together. And so I've been with my husband for not that long, 11 years, but I, we, that's a third of my life at this point. Um, and what we, what what I found is is the longer we've been together, he'll come home with really good news. I'll be like, Oh, that's great, honey. Congrats. No smiling, no excitement, no anything. Now I'm excited for him. I'm happy for him. And I say verbally, that's great, honey, but I don't show it anymore for some reason. And I discovered this and I started talking to him about it. He's like, Yeah, I think it's because maybe we know each other so well or we're trying to be adults about it. Never miss an opportunity for mutual smiling or mutual celebration. So if your spouse or your partner comes home with any kind of good news, I mean I mean the smallest thing, like, babe, they had our favorite of waffle at the grocery store like <laughs> celebrate it. And when you talk about that, you you have these like moments of really sweet joy and let me tell you there is nothing better than having a silly moment of celebration with someone. So Right, is smiling, blushing, having that blood flow to the face, and um, not not tamping that down, even on the smallest thing. Same thing with kiddos, by the way. It's funny whenever I watch couples. You know, I'm a I'm a creepy people watcher. I love to observe couples at grocery stores and restaurants, and. It's so funny. You'll see couples turn to each other and speak very seriously, right? Um, have you ordered the food for that? Make sure you get over the high chair and make sure that you also do this yet tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And they turn to their kids and they're like, Is that food so good? Is that so yummy? It's like it's two different people. And I'm like, Why do we have to do that with our fellow adults? You know, why do we have to be so adult with our fellow adults? So I would say um, that, that, that mutual celebration. That's very, that's very much about likability. Uh, the second thing with likability is, um, and this one uh, comes naturally. You probably do this already, but you don't realize you're doing it, which is uh, nodding, leaning, and tilting. So um, this is all head behavior, um, and we are very attuned to people's head behavior because it is, A, it's where we're usually looking, and B, we know that our head dictates where we want to go and where where our attention is, right? If we're looking somewhere, the direction of our head shows where we're paying attention. And then in in Western cultures, um, a up and down nod means yes, and a horizontal nod means no. I specify now Western cultures because I was um, on an Indian podcast, and I was told that in India, uh, actually nodding is a little bit different. So um, in our culture, we, we nod up and down for yes. Well, we love that nod. We love that nod because it shows agreement. And nothing is better than when your spouse or your partner says, you're right. Isn't that the best phrase, <laughs> you know, in the English language? Yeah. When, when someone says you're right, oh, it just feels so good. So nodding is a nonverbal form of mutual car- correctness or agreement or right. So um, the more you can uh, show nonverbal affirmation, your husband or your wife or partner says something uh, you like, you agree with, makes you happy. Um, You can also show that with nodding. A nod across the room is one of the nicest, sweetest nonverbal acknowledgements when your spouse walks into a busier crowded room. Um, So the nod is a really easy likability cue. And then tilting. So we tilt our head to the side, either side, when we're trying to hear someone. It shows empathy, shows warmth, um, shows good listening. Um, so I always try when I'm listening to my colleagues, my partner, my spouse, that I try to show that I'm listening by tilting my head one another. Um, it's, it's a nice empathy cue. So all those likability cues are some of the greatest um, nonverbal powers we can give our partners.
1: Those are great specific actionable tips, and I love the story uh, you gave with the smile when your husband gives you the news. And it is these little things that add up and, and can make such a huge difference. Like even in the morning when you wake up and and your partner walks in and and uh, you woke up before and you're making coffee, like you know, giving them a smile or physically, you know, giving them a hug, but just so much is communicated. Like you said, 60%, but it it could be sometimes 80, it can feel like a hundred percent of the love you're receiving is, is, uh, through that smile through even the eyes tell so much, um, you know, as Sarah's looking at me now and she's smiling and, and, you know, as opposed to if she was like, uh, shaking her head, like, no, 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 you know, don't don't talk about this or, or whatever, you know, like I would, I would just feel, I wouldn't feel affirmed. I wouldn't feel loved. I'd feel criticized all without saying a single word.
2: Yeah. Actually you bring up a really good point, which is I mentioned 60%, but in romantic situations, it is often maybe even a hundred percent. Like for example, you know, your first kiss, uh, lovemaking. I mean, a lot of that can be a hundred percent nonverbal. And so, 60% 60% is really the minimum we could find, um, and it really goes up from there. And I think that the couples who are really exceptional, the, the, the couples that really work together and they have these tremendously strong relationships, um, they are communicating on two tracks all the time. They are verbally communicative and they are nonverbally communicative they know how to send verbal the, the right verbal reassurance they know how to send the right nonverbal reassurance they understand their uh, partners' negative nonverbal as well as negative verbal uh, Those are the couples that are just um, exceptional.
0: Now from all the different examples that you gave us about the nodding and the smiling do you find that men and women are are different? in that men do, um, men maybe smile or nod more versus women? Are there differences?
2: Yes, there are gender differences. And usually it's with the amount. So women are typically more demonstrative, um, more expressive than men. And I don't actually know if this is genetic or this is cultural. So um, oftentimes women are encouraged to express their emotions, whereas men are told, you know, don't cry. Uh, don't don't show your emotions. Hide your emotions. So I'm not sure if it's uh, how we're wired or actually what we're taught, but typically. Men are less expressive. You'll often, I get some complaints. I do a lot of corporate seminars and corporate workshops. That's actually more of where we focus. And a lot of um, women will ask me, you know, my boss is is a male or my colleague is a male and he's extremely stoic is the word that is often used. Um, He shows no facial expressiveness, no emotion. I can tell him the greatest news in the history of the world and he goes, "Mm -hmm, great, leave it on my desk. And I can tell him the worst news and the history of the world. And he'll say, mm-hmm, yeah, leave it on my desk. Uh, and uh, so I think that stoicism is also um, something that could be learned. So yeah, the difference is in, in the level of expressiveness. So for my men listening, um, the more expressive you can be, the better. And it will take a little bit of practice. If, if being expressive doesn't feel natural to you, that's probably because you're undoing a lifetime of practice. And for my ladies listening, if you have a, a man who's a little bit less expressive, so my husband is, is pretty stoic. He's not as expressive. That's something that he's, we've been working on, he's been learning and I work on being a little less expressive, um, that it, it, it it's okay. Like that's very, very normal.
0: It's funny. I, I laugh when you say that because Chase and I always joke that I'm, I'm very expressive and I have like the expressive lines on my forehead because, you know, he calls me dramatic when I, you know, my facial expressions, but it's, uh, it's just funny how, you know, we're just so different that way.
2: Yeah. And like, I, you know, I use tons of hand gestures where I think, you know, my husband will maybe has like, you know, one, like the thumbs up, like that's it. Um, so yeah, I think that, that and again, I don't know if that's wired or if that's taught, but it is totally normal. If you are facing that, uh, totally, totally normal.
0: Before we continue on, we're going to take a short break to tell you about our sponsors.
1: All right, guys. So full disclosure, I am not a dog person. I am more of a cat person. But I think today's sponsor is a great service. And maybe one day they'll open it up to cats. So instead of (laughs) BarkBox, they'll also be Per box.
0: Meow box? Meow box. <laughs> there
1: it is. But if you are a dog lover, and there are so many of you out there, Bark Box is a delivery of four to six natural treats and super fun toys curated around a surprise theme each month. And for the dogs, I would imagine it's like the joy of a million belly scratches, <laughs> which dogs need. Cats don't need the belly scratches, but Dogs, they like that, so they'll like BarkBox just as much.
0: I bet you can relate a million back scratches.
1: I do like the back <laughs> scratches, so maybe maybe I could be a dog <laughs> So lover.
0: Here's how it works: uh, all you do is you tell BarkBox the size of your dog, how often you want the delivery you can choose either a month, 6 months or 12 months and then you get your box, your bark box on the 15th of each month. You can cancel at any time and it's free shipping within the US. And like Chase mentioned, the bark uh, the bark boxes come in a themed box which I think is amazing. So think country fair or Bark ball or Brooklyn hipster. <laughs> this, is is <laughs> this is amazing. That one is hilarious. This is amazing, and it's full of unique toys that will keep your dog engaged, interested, and happy.
1: So give the gift that keeps on giving with a Bark Box subscription. Your furry friend is sure to thank you. What what would he say? <laughs>
0: No, no, please stop.
1: <laughs> you know, you know, I don't speak Spanish, Baxter. <laughs>
0: okay. To get, your, to get your free extra month of BarkBox, subscribe to a six or 12 month plan. And you can do that on their website, which is BarkBox.com forward slash I do and enter the promo code. I do. So again, if you sign up for a six or a 12 month plan, you get a free extra month of BarkBox, so your pup will absolutely love you. Today's show is also brought to you by the book Lovelands.
1: Lovelands, which is written by a past guest on our show and psychologist, Dr. Deborah Campbell, is an easy-to-read guide to creating the relationship in life you most deeply desire. If you've ever wondered why you keep struggling with love and want to make lasting change for the better, Lovelands will show you how to make that change, not just in your relationship, but in every area of your life.
0: I'm deep in the middle of the book right now, and it's eye-opening. Deborah's wisdom from her own love mistakes, as well as her client struggles, has helped me examine myself and has allowed me to become even more aware of the reasons I get defensive or have poor communication or continue unhelpful patterns. Deborah really just tackles what's at the core of diverse relationship problems and simply tells us what helps and what doesn't.
1: Lovelands is available in hardcover on Amazon and Audible.com. Visit idopodcast.com forward slash Lovelands to buy your copy today. That's idopodcast.com forward slash Lovelands. So you've given us some great actionable tips for, for positive nonverbal communication. Let's talk a little bit about the negative nonverbal cues that that a couple might be giving each other, and how we can work on correcting those
2: yeah, uh-huh, so um this is really important because I think we really don't understand what signals we're sending out, so um, just to back up a little bit, there are two different sides to nonverbal uh decoding and encoding, so decoding are the, that's the one we hear about a lot so that's like um speed reading someone or picking up on their social cues, reading their body language. The one that we don't hear as much about is encoding, and encoding are the social signals we send to others. So, typically, uh, we think we're pretty good at decoding, we think we're good at spotting them and reading other people, but we're not so good or maybe even never thought about how do we send the right social signals. So, for example, that's when I was saying, you know, showing more likability. Do you know how to show likability to your partner? Do you feel comfortable showing likability nonverbally to your partner? That's all in the encoding category. So um, when we talk about the negative cues, we're talking about this dance of decoding and encoding where someone uh, comes home from work and they had a really rough day and they're already in a negative headspace and uh, their partner says, you know, how was your day? And she says, oh, it was really frustrating. It was really hard. And there's lots of negative nonverbal being sent out. And the partner picks, up that, picks that up. They decode it. And they have a choice of either to take it personally or try to fix it or ignore it. And that's a really critical juncture in a relationship. And this happens multiple times a day is when you pick up your partner's nonverbal cues, what do you do? Do you, pick, do you mirror it? Do you fix it? Or do you ignore it? Um, and I think that that's what we're talking about here is what do you do when you see those negative nonverbals? So some really common negative nonverbals, there's a lot actually, um, is any kind of distancing behavior. So distancing, we distance when we don't like something. Like think of if you put down a, a plate of spinach in front of your kids I don't know if your kids like spinach or not But let they don't um, Most kids don't You put a plate of spinach in front of your kids What do your kids do? Oh, And they sit back as far as they possibly can in their chair And they push the plate away from them When we don't like something We want to be as far away from it as possible This happens with things. This also happens with emotional things you will notice, and we do a lot of lie detection research in our lab, we have a whole course on lie detection, that if someone hears or says a lie that they know could get them into trouble, they will literally say the lie and then try to get away from it. So we've found when we uh, video interrogate people that they'll say a lie and then back their chair up and scoot back, as if to try to like get away from that disgusting, harmful thing they just said. It's a very interesting human behavior. So. If your partner says something that you find offensive or you don't like, or they say something they know is unkind or mean, and then there's this taking a step back, leaning back, scooting the chair back. So you'll notice that when people sit way back in their chair and tilt back in their chair, we don't like it. It irritates us just a little bit, even if they're just relaxing. And that's because it's a kind of distancing behavior. It's a kind of disengagement. So distancing is a really big one that you see a lot subtly. When Now that you know to look for it, I'm sure you'll start to see it with um, TV shows, uh, with kids, I would pay attention to when you see it because that means you've got a moment of disengagement.
1: It's a good point of of picking up and trying to decode your partner's language. And, and you mentioned mirroring and, and so much with verbal communication and nonverbal is affirming your partner's feelings. So if that partner that's upset about work and they're coming home verbally upset and you can see they're pouting with their body language, then something as simple as like a hand on their shoulder uh, non-verbally can go such a long way. And then affirming, you know, not trying to necessarily fix it, but just listen, say, man, that must be terrible that you had such a bad day at work. I'm sorry. With the hand on the shoulder, like... That hand on the shoulder could be eighty percent, even with that verbal communication of helping them feel better.
2: Yeah, and um, also it, there, you know, there's this whole movement in the country to lean in, you know, and it's usually referencing women at work. I actually love that idea, even with couples. So if you're, as you just mentioned, your couple says I had a your your partner says I had a really bad day, and you put their your hand on their shoulder, it's also about leaning in, not leaning back. So if you've had a really bad day and you share, you know, I'm just so frustrated and your partner kind of takes a step back, leans back, uh, yeah, that's terrible. Even though you're saying the right words, it can still feel like, oh, if you disengage, they don't want anything to do with this. Neither do I. They don't want to help me. I get it. I'm a burden. I'm not going to bring this up. And so actually the opposite idea, like I'm going to lean into this, it, in, in, it feels counterintuitive. If you don't like something that your partner is bringing up because you Feel it's unfair to them or it's difficult to hear it's counterintuitive to want to lean into it literally hear more of it get closer to it examine it closer but actually when you lean into it emotionally verbally and non-verbally it helps it go away faster so it's counterintuitive I think there's, there's, a, there's a metaphor somewhere here with skiing maybe like they you know like leaning into it even though if you're a little afraid yeah, I yeah. think that getting closer to it actually helps it feel less scary
1: yeah and, and it's an interesting point like you can say the right thing but if you're saying it but not giving the right body language, then it, it almost means nothing and, and that it just shows you how powerful that body language is. And and on the same note, um, maybe we could talk a little bit about tone because tone, some people think, well, that's verbal, but like you mentioned, it's nonverbal and it can make all the difference in totally. the exact same <laughs> sentence, but depending on how you say it. So uh, what, what are some things we can improve with our tone or mistakes to avoid?
2: Yeah, I you know, voice tone is um, one of my favorite aspects of nonverbal because it's often overlooked. So we did a a pretty massive research study. I haven't published the results yet, but I'm happy to share with uh, your listeners. What we did was I wanted to know a little bit more about vocal power and likability because I know the likability is so important. So what we did is we took um, participants, we brought them into our lab, and we had them record uh, different versions of their first impression. Now, usually a vocal first impression happens with, Hello? On the phone when you meet someone, and so we had them come in and first record their normal hello. Like we had them just pick up the phone and say hello. Then we had them do different micro expressions. So micro expressions are universal facial expressions. So we had them um, think about something that made them angry and then make an anger micro expression and then say hello. Then we had them do it with sadness, with happiness, with fear. And then we had them do it while power posing. We had them do a low power pose and a high power pose, if uh, you've heard of that research, which is a very, very controversial research in itself. But we wanted to know if it affected voice tone at all. Um, so we had them record these, I think it was six or seven different versions of their hello with um, both men and women of different ages. And then we had participants in our lab. I actually think the this quiz is still up. If you go to sciencepeoplecom slash vocal power, you might be able to still take it, um, where... We had people listen to the clip of a random person saying hello, and then we asked them three, three things. We asked them, uh, do you like this person? Do you not like this person? Are you neutral about this person? Very, very basic setup. And we found with, I think, you know, a couple thousand people have gone through it, so a huge data s- sample, that we can absolutely hear facial expressions. So if you are irritated or angry or upset and your spouse calls and you pick up the phone, hello, they can hear it. Not only do they hear it, but they catch it. So there is some evidence to say that we are very, very contagious. In my TED Talk, that was kind of the thesis of what I talked about, that we are extremely contagious with our emotions. And so we hear that anger. We don't like you as much. We don't feel as much likeability. And then it also infects us with the anger as well. And so tone is one of the most infectious aspects of our nonverbal. It's where we really pick up on the emotional side of things. Um, So what I would think about here is that every emotion you're feeling is probably affecting your voice tone. It's affecting the space in your vocal cords, how much breath you have, um, the tension in your mouth, the tension in your jaw. All of those things affect your vocal power. I have a demo video on my YouTube channel where I show you how emotions affect our sound through resonance. Um, and every little thing I mean, down to me clenching my fists can actually affect how my my timbre and my resonance is in my voice
1: yeah it 's so important to to have that. I know there 's been many instances in our relationship where I said something that is is seemingly innocent, but it has the wrong tone, you know like maybe it's it sounds like i 'm asking Sarah to do something, but i 'm not i 'm asking more of a parental tone of like telling you and i'm not really asking even though it's a question so it's <laughs> i think the important uh-huh, thing yeah, yeah it, it's just to remember and to be cognizant of all these things that your tone when you're talking to your to your spouse or your partner or your friends or at work and then and all these nonverbal cues because it is such a a big part of how we relate to people in and I just wanna um point out one more thing and then I know we wanna be respectful of your time, but that we talk about on the show so much of, of how we receive love. Uh you know, the the, the famous Gottman book, uh the five love languages. Very Chapman. Uh, close. Chapman. <laughs> Chapman, yeah. Yeah, it's not Gottman. But um is is very much independent. Or dependent on the person, and for me, it has a lot to do with physical touch, and and so that could be you know I'm not going to put a number on it, but let's say that's like seventy percent, eighty percent of how I receive love, and it's all nonverbal. So I think just keeping those things in mind and the tips you gave us and our listeners today are, are really important.
2: And I, I I'll add one more piece of advice. So it's not just being aware. If you really really want to level up your game, this is the hardest challenge I always give, and I'm going to give it for all my, uh, my superheroes listening, which is it's really hard to hear yourself. It's really hard to hear your tone. It's really hard to notice or see yourself. It's really hard to notice your own body language. If you feel brave enough, I would highly recommend, this is a great uh, social experiment, romantic experiment. Um, you know, set up your computer, open up your photo booth, and let it film your morning routine. Uh, let it film your evening routine. Let it film your dinner. Uh, let it uh, run while you're doing your weekend thing. Just put it in the corner and let it record. And just watch, you know, what are you doing with your body when you're listening to your partner? How do you enter the room? What does your tone sound like when you're asking them to help with dinner? Um, that self, And then watch it together. You know, watch it as a couple and uh, kind of talk through the cliff notes of what happens. Um, it's a really non-intrusive, non-invasive way to... Self-identify, and people. Whenever I encourage you to do this exercise, um, they're always shocked. They're always like, "Oh, that's what I look like when I listen to you. You know, that, that's what I do when I'm upset. That's what I. That's what I'm doing." And so, the, even just watching yourself, if you want to watch it alone first, it's an incredible tool for um, self-diagnosis and leveling up your game.
0: Well, I love that. That's going to be our our experiment, our homework for the weekend. So thank you for that. I know our listeners would probably love to do that too.
2: Yes, please. Let me know how it goes.
0: This has been an amazing interview. So let's wrap up. You can tell our listeners where they can find you online and then we'll say goodbye.
2: Yeah, um, I'm on scienceofpeople.com. That's where our lab is. So um, if you want to play in our lab, do our experiments, they're all on there. And we also have a huge... YouTube channel. Um, We don't do any sponsorship or advertisement, so uh, we're commercial free and um, we also have a free conversation course on our website if you want to grab it, sciencepeople.com slash conversation on how to have deep conversations.
1: Great. Well, our listeners can find all the information and links of today's episode on idopodcast.com and thank you so much for coming on the show today. And I'm smiling really big as I say this.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, me too. Me too. Thanks so much for having me.
0: (laughs) We hope you guys enjoyed today's show. If you want to Check out the show notes or the interview links from today's show. Head on over to our website at iDoPodcast.com. Click on the podcast tab and you'll see this interview up at the top, followed by all of our other past interviews. And while you're on our website, check out our 14 day happy couple challenge. We send you a daily email with doable challenges to help strengthen and make your relationship even better and on our website we also have a bunch of free resources in the form of downloadable guides and workbooks Um, so for example uh, some of the topics include how to cultivate respect in a relationship how to heal from a bad breakup step-by-step guides to help couples manage conflict uh, how to affair-proof your relationship. Those are just a few of the topics that we talk about uh, in these free guides. So if any of those sound interesting to you, you can check those out on our website at idupodcast.com. We hope you guys enjoyed today's show.